The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rice to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Draft Kings Sportsbook. Use code RTRS when you sign up. Um, the official sportsbook of the Ricky and Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. On the show today, boy, they uh, they hung in there for a while. And, um, you know, having a lineup of Neto, Pell, Corkmaz, Scott and uh, Shake Milton was either a sign that things were going to get great or this wasn't our night and it ended up being the latter. So we will talk about the Raptors game, Ben Simmons, the game of his NBA career, probably against Nets. Talk about that one. Uh, it has forced a, several emails we've gotten into the Ricky account uh, about wanting to trade Joel Embiid. Just there it is. We're back. Several, several good mailbag questions and a new contest where everyone's the winner and nobody wins anything. That's right. We want your uh, cover versions of Tony, Tony to Tony's. You don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. And we'll play the first couple that we got. Uh, before we get started, the Rebel, uh, the the first ever Ricky hoodie is only available for nine more days. It's only on sale for two total weeks. It is a baby blue. It's got a sweet drawing of Rebel on the back by our friend Abby, who does that art on our site. Um, it's got our logo on the front. It says Adopt, Don't Shop on the bottom, and the proceeds go to Providence Animal Center. Uh, they're selling really well. Very proud of that. It's a, a high-quality hoodie. They're $39.99, and they will only be available for nine more days, and then we'll have a very, very, very limited supply at Kinetic. So um, grab them online. If you don't, uh, we'll send you to Kinetic. Just go to writestrickysanchez.com. It's right there on the front page. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin. You know, Mike, uh, Mike Levin, obviously the other half of Rice Ricky Sanchez. I don't, I really don't know what your reaction is going to be uh, tonight. I almost wish we had done the pod after the Nets game. Tonight was a weird game that I, um, um, I guess my guess is you're not really that upset that they lost it. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nets game was great. Gutsy. Love to see an aggressive Ben performance. Against the Raptors, he kind of wasn't. He just wasn't. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't seem like he had uh, that aggressive uh, get-to-the-basket-at-all-costs juice. Um, the Raptors obviously have uh, bigger, more physical defenders like that, so maybe he didn't see the opening that he did uh, against against Brooklyn. But, um, yeah, tough game. Josh, once Josh went down with the hamstring, I think it became – it was – uh, fun to 
to sort of lead for a while and be in it for a while, but it seemed like kind of only a matter of time uh, before Toronto would pull away, and they did. But I, I'm not, I mean, obviously would have loved the game. This isn't a game that I'm like yeah. sweating. I think they got a bunch of good shots. They weirdly shot better from three than they did from two, which is <laughs> uh, strange. Thirty-nine uh, percent from the, from from three. Um, a couple. I mean, some some good things. I think Ben getting to the line fourteen times in uh, against Brooklyn and then nine times against Toronto. Although it felt like almost all of them were in the first half. Yeah, um, I, I think I think I think eight and nine happened with. Probably eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're almost right there. Um, but yeah, just sort of ran out of juice, and the they're better as as much as Toronto flummoxes Embiid. They're obviously just such a better team with Embiid out there, and you just start to you look around and it starts to get pretty thin pretty quick, uh, and that's somewhat in response to Brett's odd. <clears throat> Odd substitution patterns, and sort of throwing Ennis in the doghouse, which is an odd place for him to be. Um, so it's kind of you know the team is in flux, but overall I'm seeing positive stuff um, and thinking I, that they generally feeling reasonably positive, at least not as low as I had been on them over that like week or two span where it, it was pretty dire. Ennis uh, Ennis has been in the doghouse like up and down for a while now it seems like yeah you know um but and in, a, in a game when josh richardson gets hurt and matisse get yeah. in foul trouble early he gets six minutes i don't i really don't understand i i, I really actually would like to uh, so you saying you don't understand i don't understand either i think we would both agree that there's obviously some reason for it i would really like to know you know we always pretty much knew why uh, Rashawn Holmes would be in the doghouse or, yeah. you know, big guys, it was pretty obvious. Um, the Neto Burke thing, I actually think what's going on is it seems like he's giving them bunches of games at a time, maybe so they can get, uh, I'm just guessing, so they can get in some sort of a rhythm. And so he can, I, I, my guess is Brett Brown is trying to figure out which one of those guys he can play in the playoffs. And, um, and it, there's probably a better chance of him seeing the real version of him if they play a little bit. Because it did seem like Neto was in the doghouse for like yeah. eight straight games with uh, after missing one defensive assignment once. Mm-hmm. So I would love to talk to Brett. Uh, I, I, I really am glad that I'm not at the facility ever. And I don't, I think it makes it harder for us to do what we do if you're closer and talking to them all the time. That said... I do wish there is a lot of off the record conversation that goes on there. And I do wish I could find out like what, what Ennis is doing. I know he hasn't played as well. He played great for the first month of the season. It hasn't been great since then, but I really like to know specifically what he has done to work his way out of, um, out of favor. Yeah. I mean, for a while he was this team's like most consistent bench option. Yeah. Obviously Scott has struggled and he hit a couple threes tonight, and uh, in the Brooklyn game, he really went after it on the offensive glass, and so there was some, like, signs of him, you know, waking up a little bit. He's still really... He had a couple pokeouts on defense, but he's he's still kind of a turnstile on defense. Um, and if... Um, as, as much as it's been fun to have him around and uh, the fan base that has grown around him, it, it does feel like... I'm... I'm becoming okay with the idea that he's going to be used to match salary for sure 
so the, the thing that struck me about this game, even with Embiid, and we knew this from the beginning of the season with how their salary is sort of split up, uh, that they were going to be top heavy. But the thing that struck me watching against Toronto, uh, and this is e- even with Embiid and Richardson out, is just how much deeper they are than the Sixers are. You know, how thin the Sixers are. The I, I do feel like the Raptors could could uh, have two injuries to starters and never throw out a high percentage of like borderline out of the league or, or G League players that the Sixers end up throwing out. And that is being unfair to, I guess, like Korkmaz or, you know, that, who has played well or, or Scott, who is a, an actual NBA player and hasn't played well. But it just seems like when we, when we go against the, the Sixers are... What I wonder is the Sixers go against teams like, let's say the the East teams are the the easiest ones to compare them to because we see them the most. So we talk about the Raptors and the Heat and the Pacers and the the Celtics. And every one of those teams has more guys than the Sixers have. And um, would you would you say that here's here's this sort of goes with the uh, with with the conversation of. you don't the Jonathan Simmons conversation. You don't know right, how right, someone right. is unless you're rooting for them. Yeah, I think that if you're if you're a Raptors fan, you watch the Sixers tonight. They the the bench lineup like held their own for a while, um, and I think you can watch this and be like, this Milton guy's pretty good. Like I think you can you yeah. can have that feeling. We yeah. obviously know how everything's sort of like you know resting on a on a pin of whether or not it's it's decent or terrible. Um, but I think that they're. I think generally that's the feeling of bench lineups across the league is that there's uh, some guys that you can count on and then a bunch of guys that you're like, they could be hot or they could be absolutely lost and get pulled like right away. Yeah, uh, that that's true. I do think, I, I think that's a little less the case with the teams that we mentioned because I do think I watch them a lot more than I watch Portland. Or, um, you know, because at the minimum, we're seeing them three or four times, even if I just watch the Sixers games. And I, I would say that those teams I watch, like every time the Celtics are on national TV, I end up watching at least part of it. Um, the Bucks, I've, I've certainly seen enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it does seem like they have more. But maybe you're right. Yeah. You could I be mean, right. Ananobi yeah. was really bad tonight. Didn't really do yeah, it he much was. of anything at all. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson didn't leave a mark. Terrence Davis had a couple like smart plays, but didn't leave. It was the main guys that beat us were the main guys that have. And Norm Powell, who's inexplicably like hot as hell, and nobody's stepping in front of him to take a charge because he's pretty much just a straight line to the basket. Um, and they hit enough of their shots. The Sixers. The the frustrating thing without Embiid is the Sixers just are not no rim close protection. to a, yeah no rim protection and also not close to a good rebounding team. So there's extra yeah. chances. Uh, left and right I, I, against Brooklyn, trying Simmons at center, I thought was that was the best stretch of Simmons at center that we've ever seen. Um, they tried in the playoffs last year, and it just did not go well at all. They've tried it a couple other times, and it was ugly. Um, but he, with with Simmons at center and like Neto running point, uh, a lot of impressive rolling. Korkmaz found him there. Those kinds of like, all right, that's an interesting way to run a second unit in a pinch. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, Embiid and Horford are both there, so you don't have to worry about it down the road. But it was that was a, a nice look at things over the course. Like, hopefully, 
in this in these like embedless whatever month or so left we have without them like let's find let's find out new stuff let's see who's good at what and let's hopefully um you know find playable things to do when he's off the court in the playoffs mm-hmm. um i want to talk about the nets game and and simmons in a more general sense um but i, th- I thought you might know the answer to this as i have not listened to the album it is the uh Willie Green, Apple Podcast, five-star review. Will you just get us to 3,000? We're at uh, 2,621. I will read uh, all of the reviews from 2,000 to 3,000 when we get there. This comes from Emroll24. At the start of Kanye West's waves, a three-syllable word or phrase is yelled. My wife keeps telling me it's turn it up, but I'm 100% confident he yells Dario. (laughs) Um, what do you, th- what do you think? Is it Dario or is it turn it up? Uh, I, I think that our review section on Apple podcasts is definitely the place to ask that. And so I, yeah. I'm going to go with him then for sure. <laughs> yeah, for Dario. sure. <clears throat> um, so definitely well, one of the best games of Simmons's career. I don't think it's definitely, um, I think there, there have been similar games. Um, he, I, this was bound to happen, right? Like when when Embiid got got hurt, and I don't know if it was on the pod or in conversation or whatever. I definitely said at some point they're going to win five or six in a row, and we're going to have this. Are they better without Embiid conversation? Like it's definitely going to happen, uh-huh. and then it's going to be the can Simmons do this when Embiid is there? A conversation, and I think there are parts of that conversation that are actually really legitimate. And so legitimate that nobody really wants to even discuss it. Um, and then there are some that are silly, like the, you know, should they just trade Embiid is silly, right? Yeah, that's great you know, stuff, yeah. They beat four bad teams that we were hoping they would beat, or three bad teams, four total times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and let's give them credit. I was frustrated in the last podcast and said they need to go 4-0, and they did. So as ugly as it looked and as uh, <laughs> uninspiring as it looked a lot of the time, they did. Yeah. No, and so that's that's fine. And the Raptors game, if if Josh was didn't get hurt, I feel like they win this game. So I really am not nearly in as uh, uh, as bleak of an outlook it, as I was. Sorry, Siren, need a hot take. Oh, uh, Shake should start next game. <laughs> Good one. Let's go. Good one. Um, so I think the real answer is, you know, Simmons did this and. Uh, I think everybody really quickly forgot that even though he had good games in the previous three or four, he took, I think, four total shots in the fourth quarter the last four games. So this was definitely a different game than the previous games, even though he had played well. Um, But I really think that this sort of, you're not going to see full games from Simmons like this very often when Embiid is there. You're going to see stretches in games when he's not there. But, like, I don't know. I, 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 I was talking with Giulio today at work, and he said, would the Sixers have their best chance of winning a title if Embiid said, you know what, I'm going to do the Chris Bosh thing, and I'm going to play defense, and I'm going to stand on the perimeter and shoot threes. And they just did that. Now, he is too much of a star to do that. Like, he's the best player on the team. And, the be, the, like, the best player on the Heat didn't do that. The third best player on the Heat did that. Um, 
So I, I guess my, my question is twofold, is first of all, do you agree that the lack of Embiid makes this more possible? I also think it lowers their ceiling for what it's worth. Like, you're, you're obviously better with Embiid. Um, and then the second question being, if he were to decide to do that, would they have a better chance of winning a championship? Uh, no. I mean, depending on the matchup here and there. That's the thing is that, yeah. like, ev- everyone talks about, like, what Embiid should do, right? Like, right. he should post up more or he should stop posting up as much or he should stop right. whatever. It's always going to be a mix. It's not like when Embiid is in there right now, he's going and posting up and giving him the ball 100% of the time. Right, it's a right, mix. Right. It's a mix of him, you know, pick and roll, uh, dribble handoff. I would love to see more pick and roll with, with either Neto or Burke whenever they're in there and Simmons on the court as a – as a as a dive guy, um, would love to see Embiid uh, dribble handoff with Korkmaz. That especially now that Korkmaz is entering the JJ playbook part of his career. Um, some face ups, some high low with Simmons, where he where he seals and gets it. Like it's it's a mix. It should be a mix. Um, so would I like a higher percentage of Embiid um, taking? I, I mean, I like Embiid as more of it because the problem is you want Simmons to push and mm-hmm. Embiid is the trail man. So I like him stepping into threes at the top of the key. That's totally fine. And when in, in a half court situation, sure, let him be in the corner for a little bit as they're running spread offense with with Simmons and whatever. So I, it, it's just a it's percentages and how much you want to see of it. Um, I Embiid this year more than any other year has seemed f- mostly comfortable just taking threes when he's open um, with uh, intermittent success. Um, but, yeah, I I think ultimately you're going to get the ball. It's going to be a lot of, you know, at the end of a game, a lot of some Josh, some Tobias, maybe with Ben screening and rolling, and then some MB post up. And off of MB post up, it, it's got to be open open threes. Um, so it's it, to me, it's always going to be a mix. I, if if there, Chris Bosh didn't just only stand in the corner, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, he also didn't post up very much yeah. at all. But yeah. he he kind of I, I don't remember him as much in Toronto. Like thinking about thinking back, but I don't. I think he was more of a face up player. Well, yeah, but he was a face up, but it was still twelve feet away from the rim. Mm-hmm. Like he was a pretty, you know, close to the rim. Um, dominant player. He was a very different player in Toronto For than sure. he was in Miami. Yeah. We're going to take just a moment to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, Mike, here's the, the good news about DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, it's legal in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app, and I love playing with it. I love especially uh, live betting games. I love it. Like I, 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 w- I was really hoping I wouldn't love it as much as I do, but I really love it. Yeah, it's tough. You gotta watch yourself. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, yeah. Don't watch. Well, yourself. luckily, that's the ad. What's that? I said, watch yourself, but also don't. That's the ad. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, luckily, I I'm old now, so and I like I have a mortgage, and you know, so and I actually here's the truth. I I'm still playing with the same hundred bucks as when I started. Like I go up and then I go down, so it's fun. But the the bad news is that I've I lost my Ben Simmons three pointer bet for like the, the, like the twentieth straight game. I think maybe stop making it, and then that's when he will take it again. Well, but I feel like if he makes it without me betting it, it will be a, such a bummer. You can certainly you know? stop betting it on the road. 
Yeah, I could do that. Uh, what I, I also wonder, the odds fluctuate. So tonight it was plus 1,000 to make a three. And the other night it was plus 1,400. And I'm going to ask our DraftKings guy, Ethan, if I can talk to the person that comes up with the odds, who like why they decide sometimes it's plus 1,400 and sometimes it's plus 1,000. Like what goes into the Ben is more likely to shoot a three tonight, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, DraftKings Sports, and, you know, the biggest or one of the biggest betting days of the year coming up in a week and a half on Sunday, on February 2nd, the place is DraftKings Sportsbook to get all your big game bets in. Of course, there will be a million props. Everybody loves the prop bets. Uh, Get to the app right now. Check out all they have to offer. Um, Football squares and prop bets. And here's the thing. It is a reliable betting app. It's safe, secure, none of those weirdo offshore betting sites. It's like it's here and uh, you can deposit whenever you want and you can withdraw whenever you want. And they have the best sign-up offer to date right now. We've mentioned all their sign-up offers. If you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the code RTRS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. Think of how many Ben Simmons uh, bets that is. Um, that's right. DraftKings Sportsbook going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Don't forget, that's code RTRS and your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first match bet each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Here we go. Back to the Ricky. Um, you know, it's so... Uh, but your point like, about Embiid being the best player and not that. Like, Kevin Love had to become a different player in Cleveland than he was in Minnesota. Like, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but he also wasn't the best player there. Yeah, that's not, no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, a little inside baseball here. So, uh, uh, AU... Uh, when when uh, when when we signed Sixers Adam to the right Ricky Sanchez, AU was like, "Hey, I think it would be fun if we did like a combo article at some point." And I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be great." So he he texts me earlier this week, and he's like, "Adam and I want to do a, a like a Ben Simmons debate thing on the on the site." And I'm like, "Sure." I said, "You you know that I never censor you ever like I." I will edit and offer suggestions, but I never censor. However, I said, there will be no imagine caring about Ben Suman shooting when he's this good at defense. Imagine being that person posts on the website. Wow. I was like, I just- and Ricky. Never thought I'd do yeah, today. I, I was like, I just, I have no interest in being in that part, that weird fucking Ben Dietrich part of the internet. That's for over there. It's not for over here. I'm like, I need it to be balanced. So they promised because the two of them, it would be balanced. And it's just this fucking, (laughs) so I haven't been this mad at AU since he wrote this article last year that like the reason the Sixers weren't going to win in the playoffs was because of TJ McConnell. And I was like, AU, what the fuck are you talking about? He's not even going to play. And I got like legitimately mad at him, but I posted it anyway. So they write this thing and Adam, God bless him, was like, trying to play the other side, but like in my, in my opinion, did not do it hard enough. So I'm reading through it and there's this one part where AU like is in the middle of making excuses for everything that Ben Simmons doesn't do. And he thinks that one of the reasons that Simmons doesn't 
score or isn't offensively aggressive very much in the last quarter is because he's conserving his energy so he can play defense better. And I was like, AU, this is the fucking craziest shit I've ever heard in my whole life. And he was like, no, it's not. And I was like, AU, you're telling me that he can get to the rim at will in the first three quarters, but here is this team who cannot for their fucking life score in crunch time. And at that point, he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? Save my energy for defense. I feel like we can't, like we, with Ben Simmons, all that to make the point, I think everybody is either in, in a unable, myself included, or unwilling because they're afraid of the reaction to have, like, I feel like the Ben Simmons conversation is completely fucking ruined in general. I, I think everybody has, like, gets so mad when either point is made. Um, including me getting mad when people are like, well, he doesn't shoot, but he's great at defense. And I'm like, well, great. But um, I, I feel like it's impossible to even talk about it anymore. Um, like I'm, I'm stuck on the Ben Simmons conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously more to it than just the jump shooting. Like him, the guy he's yeah. been the past couple of games and decided to get to the line, like that's different. That's a different guy. And he seems like he's going up there and feeling pretty confident shooting. So that's like, okay, that's a, that's a development, that's a choice. Let's see if it lasts. Um, obviously, would love for him to just take one corner three a game when he's open, no pressure whatsoever. Just take it. I don't care if it goes in, just take it. Um, it's, we're, we continue to be dealt these insane problems that seem more like uh, philosophical, uh, you know, high philosophy arguments and 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 hypotheticals yeah. than just like hey basketball what do you think that, that guy should be good at that thing right and that's just being a Sixers fan these days man that's just what it is just crazy shit all the time you never know what's gonna happen you're gonna have to make an excuse for a guy who d- doesn't breathe anymore and it, it, we can say he doesn't <laughs> need to and that's fine uh it's weird they're still very good when they want to be sometimes they turn it on um, Simmons is is an excellent defender, and I love watching him play defense. And I love how often he credits Matisse for like making him a better defender. Just like seeing the things Matisse does on defense, he's like, "Oh, I want to do that." And then he does, and now he's the league leader in steals. Um, there's things he does that frustrate me. Frustrate me. He's he hasn't turned the ball over much lately, but he had eight turnovers tonight. Um, a couple. That I think I think when he gets. Um, those like offensive foul calls on him early, then he kind of get mm-hmm. like decides to be less aggressive to like watch out for those. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on, and I won't. I I won't ever. I refuse to because it's too weird. <laughs> um, well, well, I, and he's playing too many it, minutes still. He's still playing too many minutes forever. Yeah, I I uh, the, I I think the crux of it is really. Uh, well, there are a lot of cruxes to it, I guess. We're full of the, cruxes. The, the full of cruxes. The, the, crux the real, cries. Cru, the real crux is that actually going back to the Embiid Bosch thing, and I was actually thinking about Brooke Lopez. What I was doing, I was thinking about. All right, let me make sure I am. I am. Uh, what's it called? Uh, let Let me make pretend I'm creating a team for Ben Simmons, and 
he cannot play. So he can't be the center because he's not a rim protector. He's not really strong enough. And even people bringing up Draymond Green, who is better at both of those things, Draymond Green did not play center like a lot. They held it back for stretches and for the playoffs because it beat him up too much. He, you know, he started with a center all year long. So you do need a center on the team. And I end up, so I'm like, okay, well, what are the attributes this center needs to have? The center needs to be able to shoot threes and be willing to do it and also be a rim, rim protector. It's Horford. Well, it's Horford or it's like, it's actually Brooke Lopez. Sure. You know, at, who's way more willing and a better three-point shooter. The guy who um, Giannis plays with who is, you know, yes. a better version of Simmons. Yes. Uh, yes, correct. Um, and and that's like, that's the, the crux of the Simmons thing. And, and that's when it gets down to... Um, and that's when it gets down to the Simmons or Embiid thing. And let me, like, I'm not suggesting they break them up, but I'm, I'm thinking about that Giannis is such a, um, an outlier in his specific skill set and his size, and he's not a center. He could play center, but they, they don't play him at center because it'll beat him up. So, and his offensive skill set is very different than that. Um, but what they decided to do, what the Bucks decided to do is basically say, all right, what we're going to do is try to make the team fit perfectly. We may not get the, the best, the most, we might not have the most talent when you're looking at it from a, a straight perspective, like a, just a, an on-paper perspective, but everything is going to maximize our best player, and that's how we're going to try to win a championship. Now, it's yet to be seen whether that's going to work, right? Like I've said a bunch of times like, that my problem with the Bucks is that their, best play, their primary like, offensive players still can't really shoot, and their second best player is Chris Middleton. And until it happens, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, but it, it does like, bring, into the, bring into question, is that a better strategy to maximize, to pick your best player and make sure everything is perfect around him? Or is it to just get the best players and figure it out? And the, the regular season would suggest to you, at least so far, that it is. Now, the other part of that is that their best player is better than our best player currently. So that makes the decision, it, it makes everything look a little bit better when you have Giannis as opposed to Ben um, or Joel at, at this point in their career. But it does bring into question the, uh, the decision on how you're building the roster and what the best way is. I, I, just, I just need a, a better version of, I mean, Neto's fine, and I'm fine playing him minutes now. We'll see if, I mean, he's, I feel Neto makes me comfortable. Like, I feel safe when he's on the court. I feel safe that he's going to, like, do a, the, the fine thing. And I, I agree with you. He seems like he hits every three he takes. Um, yeah. But... They just need like a better version, a more playoff eligible version of Neto to be on the court at all times. Uh, whether that's like, you know, an Eric Bledsoe type or Jeff Teague or whatever it is, someone who can hold up a little bit more on defense. But like both Simmons and Embiid are better when there is another ball handler on the court that can get to the rim and make quick decisions. And I've said before, like Lonzo would be excellent on this team. The way he's been playing has mm, no, been really good. Obviously, no. he, He's really he's really good. I think he's I think he's like a legitimate like starter on a good team player. Obviously, he's not as quick, has quick of a trigger, whatever it is. Um, but as a guy who can make quick decisions on offense and uh, run the pick and roll and find and find players 
all that stuff. His best skill is that he passes the ball as soon as he gets it. Like, you haven't I'm, been watching Lonzo much. He's 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 improving like at a rapid rate. He's he's playing very well. Um, okay, you, like you've been watching a lot of Lonzo. I, yeah, I have. No, you haven't. You're full of shit, man. Yes, I have. Why why are you telling me what I'm watching? I'm absolutely watching a lot of Pelicans basketball. I like watching the Pelicans, and I'm going to watch it as soon as this podcast is over. You're you're watching a lot of Pelicans basketball, and you think Lonzo, who is shooting what from the line and what from three, is is rapidly improving. Yeah. Look at his stats. What is he shooting from the line? 40%? 40%? Yeah, and he's shooting from three, what, 28%? I'm not here to like, defend him as like he's the perfect player. He's definitely got a long way to go. And the well, but he's nothing like... He's, but he's, he a, he's nothing a like the, he can handle. He's shooting 36% from three uh, on 6.4 attempts per game. Um, he's passing the ball well. It's, he, he can hang on defense. He makes quick decisions, all that stuff. I'm not saying he's like the best player in the world. I'm just saying I like watching him, and I think he's getting better. Uh, but a guy like that who shoots better from the line, hopefully... Um, that can just play with them and run pick and roll and make decisions. I, I, I've never given a shit about Ben being called a point guard or wanting to be a point guard or whatever it is. But, like, Kyle Lowry's a point guard and Fred Van Vliet is also on the court. And right, right, they right. they can both do that. Um, so, to me, it's, it's having another ball handler on the court that can make those decisions. Josh Richardson is like that sometimes, but he doesn't make quick decisions enough. Tobias obviously can get his, get his buckets and I think he's improved as a passer over the years, but is still not, not that guy. Um, I, I, so that to me is like, I don't know, money wise, it's going to be tight, but like investing in a guy or drafting a guy who they, who they can really see as a working into and, you know, you're going to laugh, but maybe it's shake as a guy who's like, he's out. He also is kind of slow, but like a guy that can play play a little point guard, play with Ben and also hit shots off the catch, like a Chauncey Billups type, those kinds of things that you, that you want to be around him. And so to me, like. They work on defense. The Sixers work on defense in so many ways. And when Embiid's there to clean up the messes, they are, the, I would say, the most imposing defense in the league. Um, offensively, things will stall when things tighten up and decides not to attack, and it's, it's mid-range city. Um, so long-term, I would like a guy who is, has more point guard qualities than... Uh, they have on this team, and I want that guy to play with Ben at the same time and have multiple options to keep the defense honest. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think, um, I-, I know you're saying you didn't care about the point guard thing, but I do think that's why they they didn't go and try and acquire a higher level version of that player. Like, I, I think that was a mistake, but I don't think it was just them. I think that is, I think Ben at some point needs to own that too. Um, I, th- I, like, think, I think I think it's part of it. I think they also looked at the Toronto series last year and said, "A and the, we had nobody behind Embiid, so let's get a guy that can play. W- hopefully, with remains to be seen, and definitely behind Embiid and Horford, and let's double down on how imposing our size was." And they just they decided, well, if we're big enough, and hopefully Josh develops into a secondary ball handler, then maybe we don't need that guy. But they need that guy. I, I need I need more. Neto minutes or a guy who can, you know, whether it's Bogdan Bogdanovich, someone who can actually play point guard and, and create shots for himself and others uh, off the dribble. Um, what was I going to say? Um, you were talking about, man, I had something. You're, oh, I, the, 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 we did have a player like that last year, but we traded him. Um, I mean, 
It would have been nice to see if Shamit could grow into that role. He could certainly handle the ball, certainly shoot off the catch, mm-hmm. um, certainly played enough point in college. Yeah. Um, so, yes, they, they need another player like that. Uh, and not just for the rest of this year. They're going to need another player like that. That's where the, the question comes in in the offseason. Is there a more major move? Um, and I think the, the, the question ends up being, is there somebody who is interested in Horford? I think like that's the question at the end of the year, assuming they don't win a championship. I don't know. I, I think it might be premature to, to do that, and I think the answer is probably no, as, if anybody wants Horford uh, and is willing to give us anything aside from like you know the corpse of Marvin Williams or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. How long do you think Josh is going to be out? Well, the problem is is that it's a hamstring, and it, it's like the third time it's happened to him this year. I think it was the other ha- the other leg though before. Well, whatever it is, I like a hamstring is an easy month and maybe six weeks because the problem is you can't you you can't come back even you almost have to come back a little bit late rather than early because if you test it before it's ready, sure. you're going to pull it again, and um, especially you know playing basketball where you're you're sprinting all the time. My guess would be if it's a ham if the hamstring that that's what it was and he's had one before this year, my guess would be we don't see him certainly until after the All-Star break. Whew. All right. Yeah. Well, That'd be my guess. More minutes for Matisse. Uh, took nine threes. The Sixers had six guys who shot five threes tonight, which is a lot. Uh, I would wager that that's the first time that's happened this season. Um, yeah. Matisse, Matisse that, that floater off the dribble was very nice, and I was excited to see it. He had not hit the, like a decent-looking two in... In forever, um, yeah. But the shot, the dunk, for the, most part the dunk was bad. good too. The dunk on the break. Was oh good yeah, too. the steal and breakaway. Help, the help D strip off of Van Vliet. Um, he's excellent. I love watching him. But like, the it'd be, he'd be so so good if he just hit threes. And it was bound to regress after the like forty six percent start. Um, I like that his last two kind of kept him in it for a little bit more. Um, but he, he he's is, at about. Uh, it, 16 or 17 percent in January. Um, it's a shame because the only s- streaky three-point shooter ever uh, was Robert Covington. First one. And yeah, That's right. and uh, and now I guess because he's playing in Philadelphia, uh, Thibault has has yeah has gotten that. A break from the Ricky to talk about Big Barker therapeutic uh, dog beds. Some uh, some great news and some sad news in the Big Barker Process Pup um, world. The great news, uh, our friend Jason from Billboard got a dog, his first dog ever. Got a, uh, a went to, went to uh, bigbarker.com slash Ricky, got a uh, Big Barker dog bed with the Process Pup patch, and his brand new dog is sleeping on the bed. So that's the good news. Um, so congratulations, Jason. He's somehow, I've become the guy that people ask questions to about their dog. I didn't even have a dog five years ago. Jason's texting me, asking me about crate training. I just fucking lied to him. I didn't know the answer. I just, I told him everything that I had heard. So, yeah. And then um, very sad news in the process pop world. This has been a bummer week um, uh, in that, in that uh, uh, Corey, who is one of the original um, process pups, uh, his Instagram, I think, was Corey the Fluffball, uh, was 15 years old and passed away um, over the uh, like the Christmas holiday break. Um, he was 15, and his parents were actually on vacation, and he had like a heart issue that got worse 
um, very, very quickly. Um, so very sad, sending all the love out to Corey's family um, and sent us a really nice picture of Corey on the, uh, on the bed. Um, I, <laughs> it sounds corny, but I read this thing that dogs live shorter lives because you only have so much love to give and dogs give lots of it in a shorter period of time. And I, I truly believe that. So um, dogs are important and uh, I love mine and I know Mike loves his and everybody who has a dog ends up being the most important thing in your life. And that's why you can't let that dog sleep. I, I wouldn't be telling you this if, if, if I didn't truly believe it. You can't let the dog sleep on a shitty mattress. Um, they will, the dogs have joints and bones and develop arthritis just like we do. And without a big barker, it's gonna happen quicker and they're gonna be less comfortable. Just get a real bed. It's worth every penny. It's guaranteed for 10 years, the foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one year at home trial. If, uh, if you decide you don't like it, foolish, but if you decide you don't like it, they'll give you a full refund. They'll even pay for the shipping. Um, you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you get the bed and you get the two processed pup patches. Very, very important. Made in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Here we go. Back to some more basketball stuff. But Korkmaz, man, he's good. He's legitimately good. I'm yes. ready to say it. I'm yes. ready to say that he's legitimately good and not just like Jonah Bolden had three good games good. Like he's No, yeah, he's, I agree. He is legitimately good and confident and they trust him and he's trying on defense and he blocked Serge Ibaka, which was crazy. Uh, he hit a floater over Siakam. He hit a couple floaters in the in the other uh, four-game winning streak. He tries on defense. The shot looks great. It's quick. He's got that pump fake down. He's got this little like after you pump fakes and a guy blows by him. He's kind of he's, he's like like a cocky dribble. It's like a settle. Like I got all the time in the fucking world. Not even worried about it. Uh, yes, and he rises up. It's he's great. it's it's very controlled, but very like he's in no rush. Yeah. It almost reminds me of, obviously he wasn't as good a ball player, but Diaw, I think, always moved in the same, I'm not in any rush to get anywhere sort of uh, way. Kyle but I know Kyle I'm going to get there. The same way. I think, yeah, there's a, there's a new cockiness to Cork Miles, which is great. Obviously he's thrown only behind the back passes for, for years now, but yeah. um, <laughs> I really like it. And so, I mean, he's going to be counted on a lot to replace... Josh, I, I, I want Ennis to get back into the swing of things. I think he's just like a totally fine replacement level player that is just a, as, as even with the 10% uh, um, what's his name, Jonathan Simmons minutes that he gives us, um, the 90% regular James Ennis is like good and helpful and a, you know, fine all around player. Um, but I like that they went to shake. I, I mean, it's, the, it's, w- it's what you were saying about giving Burke and Neto a shot. It's like give everyone a shot to to do anything, see who steps up. And, and Shake was three of six from three, made some good decisions. Obviously, I think he got stuck with the ball at the end of the shot clock a couple times, but he made simple passes. He knew where to be. He's a decent ball handler. Uh, still needs to put on a lot of weight. I don't know why he's not putting on more weight. Uh, you're not playing much, so you should be doing whatever it is to get your body right. But he looked confident coming out. Um, and so I was happy to see that. And I think if Josh is out for until the All-Star break, then I think he, he's going to be playing a lot of, a lot of basketball. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm all in on Korkmaz being good. I still don't think Shake is good at all. But, like, what options do they have? So, but he had, he had a couple nice it, moments tonight, even if, you're, even if you're low on Shake. You saw some stuff. Yeah, I guess. Okay, that's all. He's kind of slow. Sure. Um, he doesn't. <laughs> Korkmaz, also slow. <laughs> Yeah, but Korkmaz gets where he's going. Like, Korkmaz is crafty as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. He seems to get um, bummed off his spot and get the foul call that Shake does not have at this point. Yes. 
Well, and Korkmaz play. It's amazing. Kork, I've mentioned it a few times. Korkmaz is younger than Thibel, and he definitely has some crafty ass Euro vet moves or whatever um, that a lot of the other guys don't have at that age. Can we talk about a, uh, uh, Tobias for a sec? Yeah, because issues with Tobias earlier in the season, yours specifically, was that he's just more of a of a four threes per game guy than mm-hmm. a than a ten. Last two games, four for eight, and the last three games, four for eight, three for ten, and uh, and four for ten tonight. So he's he's let him fire without Embiid out there, and uh, I think that should be that's the most he's that's the most threes he's taken in the three game stretch this year. Um, Averaging over over eight threes per game, so that's what we need him to do. He's weirdly a not getting to the line, which is normal and frustrating. Um, but weirdly, he's been in this in this stretch of like shooting well from three, and is and is he's shooting what thirty eight percent from three now? For uh, right around there, thirty. Oh no, it's lower. Thirty six point seven or something. Yeah. 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 Um, in the stretch where he's been good, um, he's been weirdly less successful in the mid range. It feels like. Feels like that automatic mid-range little turnaround stuff. Leaners aren't going in as much, um, but I think he's been as consistent as Tobias can be in like doing the things he's good at, hitting shots when he needs to be hit, hit shots, kind of disappearing once in a while. Um, but he's playing major minutes, and and Brett's counting on him to do a lot. And he had another. I mean, defense is good, man. He's fine on defense. He had that crafty block on Van Vliet that sort of like patiently waited for him to. Uh, to beat him off the dribble and then just like kind of blocked him from behind. That's that's why I'm like kind of occasionally not worried about Toronto, even though they're they're obviously a very good team. Like those little guards are just little, and I feel the same way about Kemba. In that, like in a playoff series, if the Sixers are disciplined and not biting on those little pump fake things that they did way too much tonight, then like it's hard for them to get anywhere they want inside. Um, but just want to throw Tobias a little love because it feels like he's so. He's been very steady so for... Steady we kind of don't talk about him a lot. Yeah, very steady for a number of weeks now, and he definitely deserves credit for that. I think he has been getting more open threes without... Um, you know, it seems like when they move quicker, he gets more open shots, you know? And I wonder, I'm curious as to whether he plays more four with Embiid out. Um, I'd be curious to... I, I don't know. But that was always one of my uh, Covington complaints is that he never got a chance to play four, and he sacrificed open threes because of that. And I wonder if uh, if Harris has played more, more matched up more with fours where he gets an, an opportunity to get more open shots because it does seem like... I, I He's at the point where if the three is open, I almost am sure that he's not going to miss it. it <laughs> He, uh, I'm, I'm getting oddly confident in every Tobias Harris shot, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and they looked, I think the reason why it took so many threes is because Toronto played a lot, lot of zone. And I thought that even though it got gunky at times, and that's part of just like working guys in that aren't used to it, I, I thought this is some of the best they've looked against a zone, especially a zone against a good team. Uh, I thought they moved the ball pretty well and like knew what, what to expect and kind of weren't like, Stunned by it and just standing there. There was a couple Horford Simmons Simmons high low plays which I like. I always like a high low. Anything where you can where you can like just beat him right in the middle of the court in order to like uh, just making him pay with with size and physicality. Um, what else? Oh, Horford baseline jumpers are seemingly pretty automatic. Although he he and when he steps back, I I don't feel confident at all from him from like the the corner. But when he takes like two steps in, I feel like that's automatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost wish he'd 
stop shooting the threes and just shoot the 18-footers instead. Yeah. The 18-footers feel automatic. Yeah. The threes do not. How do you feel about Norvell Pell these days? And what's going to happen? Well, he hasn't had a great few games. Yeah. But, uh, and it, it does seem like they are going to wait. Like, I, I don't even know if they can. When's the trade deadline's in three weeks? Um, before converting him, it almost feels like they want to wait for a for the trades to go through and see if who they end up with. Yeah, I wonder um, if the Josh injury will expedite things and lead them to make, to just be like, because right now you know there's a million trades on the table, and you know that yeah. they're like, well, let's see if we can beat this. Let's see what happens. Get a better let's deal. See if we can get yeah. a better deal. Whatever. And I'm sure all all the teams are thinking about that. Do you make the deal now? That's like. Is seventy percent of a good deal, or do you wait on the chance that you don't get anything at like an eighty-five percent good deal type thing? Um, so I wonder, I wonder what that affects. That Norvell, man, you just wish. I mean, obviously, the team needs Embiid. Horford should play all the backup minutes. Hopefully, Norvell and Kylo Quinn don't play in the playoffs, um, unless it's the blowout, which I would love. Um, but Norvell, just like he's still too like there's some Javale in him, and you can look at like. Javale now and say like this guy's good and he's helpful on the Lakers. Yeah, but he's like thirty-one. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pell's like twenty-six or twenty-seven, isn't he? He's pretty old for for a two. Who is Norvell? Pell's twenty-five, I think. Ooh, yeah, I think he's older than that. Um, but uh, even Javale today is like you know way more. Norvell's twenty-six. He turns twenty-seven in uh, a couple weeks. Um, even today, Javale still does like occasional like oh my god that was a that was a that was a Wizards Javale play. Like Andre Blatch just stepped into his body for a second. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. what's happening? But like, he just needs to limit those things and not be as wacky with the ball and just be like confident, like str- like just so deliberate with all of his moves. And there's a couple like he turned the ball over a couple times tonight, or was like least responsible for turnovers. And like it feels feels like around the rim, he's always uh, vaguely close or like getting a hand on an offensive rebound for a putback dunk, but like can get the ball slips out of his hands so easily. He doesn't have like just great hands to to catch everything and anything and everything um but another reason why you just look around and see like man this team is just a lot better with Joel Embiid and it makes everything everything lined into place a lot more um I wanted to read a uh, listener email to launch us into a a more important uh thing here's a listener shit I didn't write down who wrote it I will give them credit next pod I'm not sure if you heard uh I didn't but Bill Simmons has a new theme song to his pod. Yes, no more, but first Pearl Jam. This pod was, but first, here's some new music. Side note, this was the audio version of the Steve Buscemi, hello, fellow kids meme Spike referenced on the last pod. I think this is a job for Tony T to drop his new theme with Bill. Only way he gets it is if he comes on the Ricky, though. Can you find out if Tony is willing to license the rights to the ringer for this? Um, now, first, Bill is banned permanently, so that will never happen. Um, but it does give us a chance to talk about Tony, Tony to Tony's newest song, or first song, uh, You Don't Fuck With Me, um, I Don't Fuck With You, which uh, my wife asked me, what are, you, what are you saying? And I said, and I, obviously, I started giggling really hard, and I could tell she didn't even want to ask. And I said, do you want to hear Tony, Tony to Tony's new song? And she said, no. And I said, okay, I'll play it for you. And uh, I giggled in bed while singing the song over and over and over again. 
So what we would like is for people to cover the song, which happens on our uh, last podcast. Um, and, you know, we'll put it on the SoundCloud, too. Um, we did get two already, um, remix slash cover versions of it. Would you like to hear them? Sure. <laughs> so this one, uh, of course, Tony, Tony to Tony related to Amos Lee. This one comes from Nick. Um, this is pretty scary. Um, here you go. So it's sort of a, a SoundCloud rap version, I guess, of it. Pretty good. Um, and yeah, and then we got out there helping out Tony T. Yeah, and then we got a a remix version um, from our friend uh, John Chen, who was working on the Ricky app. Um, he took a break from one uh, just fucking waste of time for another one. Uh, so he did like a remix almost. So thanks, John. Um, I, I guess my question to you is, what style would you like to hear the song in? Like, Man. would you like to hear a nice coffee shop acoustic version of it? Um, yeah, I'd love an Amos Lee cover of uh, the Tony T song. Oh, interesting. Do you think we could get that? I don't know. My guess is no. Um, I, I would like a, a straight-ahead rock version of it, uh, maybe a punk version uh, of of it. So uh, just send them to writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Um, let's end on a couple of mailbag questions. Uh, same email address. This is from Paul. Why do we have like 12 trade targets for the Sixers leak, but only a handful of targets leak for every other team? Why does the team always give away leverage um, considering the fumble with Thibault causing us to give up an extra pick? Maybe this is why the team has to overpay in trades. I know there are no real rumors on the team going in for Tobias, but giving all that up resulted in overpaying for him. Feels like the team has constantly has a problem with leverage, and as fun as trade rumors are, why does the world need to know all of the Sixers trade targets? So you would know this better uh, than I would, but mm -hmm. it is very clearly not all from the Sixers, if any. Um, a lot of it is agents. I would say even most of it probably is agents, whether they whether the Sixers have actual interest or agents of players on bad or mediocre teams leaking to the press that, hey, the Sixers look like a team that would want my client, so I'm going to say that they want him. So to draw drum up interest elsewhere, or it's the team, you know, trying to... Say, if, if, if they're in talks with one team, then they're making up another team saying, like, hey, people want this. This is how we, we have a deal with, like, Denver. So, uh, you know... Up that offer, it's it's not like the Sixers are going to Keith Pompey and saying like, "Hello, we have 
these are the 11 guys we like, and here's who we're going to get. Well, I will agree and disagree. I, I, um, I think a lot of it is leverage. Um, so in trade season, I believe that leverage is teams trying to get leverage as opposed to agents, though I do think a lot of it is agents. I think in, in the off-season and free agency, it is near 100% agent-orchestrated. Uh, trade season, and I will say this, that I do believe that even though Brian Colangelo is not here, I do believe there are certain parts of the Sixers front office who are overly concerned with what people, not just the media, but regular people are saying about them. And I think that it is possible that there are Sixers front office people leaking things to make people feel uh, better about what they're doing. Sure. So, um, But if they're leaking I, things to make you feel better about what they're doing, then it, it, odds are that's not... If they're leaking something about, say, Langston Galloway or whatever, then mm -hmm. odds are that's not their like number one trade target because then they would be, in some sense, spoiling a deal that they actually want to happen. Yeah, I don't even know that that would be impossible. I, I got to tell you, I... <laughs> hmm... I have serious concerns about what the motivations of some of them might be. Serious concerns. But we, so we had in the last week, we had we had a Bogdan and we had a we've had a lot of Covington stuff. Sure. Um, now that could be Minnesota trying to uh, stir up a market. It could just be that Sixers are actually interested. Um, so we had Covington. We had Bogdanovich again. We had Rose. We had. Kennard and Galloway, that was a couple weeks ago, right? I'm trying to get everybody. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I don't I don't I don't know what the point of like let's say uh, who did where did the what who did what did Pompey have? Pompey had the Galloway and Kennard thing, right? I wonder like why an agent even would tell Pompey that like what what the advantage is there. You know that that's why I, I wonder if it's an agent. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're getting in that, or I don't know what an agent is getting in um, Covington trade rumors to Philly. Now I know Covington would like to be in Philly, um, but you know I don't know if that's agents. I don't know. A lot of it could be horseshit too. Not accusing Keith or anybody else of making anything up, but a lot of it could just be horseshit. I don't know. Yeah. Taking a small break from the pod to talk to you about something else important because, you know, basketball is not that important. I'm going to talk to you about love and jewelry and a man in a suit. And that is L.L. Pavorsky. L.L. celebrating the 166th, 6th, 166th rights to Ricky Sanchez listener who has purchased an engagement ring from L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Um... Boy, the number just keeps growing and growing. Of course, I mentioned my brother-in-law, Joe, who runs Fans of Philly. If you've been on Bus or Fly the Process, you've met Joe. You've probably met his now fiance, Paige. Joe uh, also, I don't know what number he was, but uh, he, he, was, he told me he was mad that when he, he bought the ring from LL, LL didn't say who it was, but announced on Twitter that he had done, you know, number 148. And he said something like, 
a very, very close person to the rights to Ricky Sanchez family. And Joe is like months away from proposing. And he was just looking at the tweet like, Lee, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> Lee a big, was, it's a big family. Yeah. Could be a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so many people have purchased rings from LL. We're so proud and, uh, and so happy to send you there because he's an honest guy that sells a great product. And because you're a Ricky listener, he's going to take uh, great care of you. Also, I mentioned, I didn't, I didn't tell you this. I saw Joe had the slim uh, engagement ring box. Um, I'd never seen one in person. It's pretty dope. It's, it's like maybe an, a three quarters of an inch or a half an inch wide and it's totally flat. And when you open it up, this thing pops up out of the middle with the ring. It's really neat. Love it. Uh, I had never seen one before, but, uh, Ricky listeners get the flat engagement ring box. So you don't have to put that big square box, go to LL, get an engagement ring or get any, whatever other jewelry. You can't go to anybody else. 707 Walnut. 215-627-2252. Tweet at him at LL Pavorsky or go to LLPavorsky.com and send him an email. Coded by Kids and Providence Animal Center are charities that uh, LL makes donations to every month or every pod or whatever you want to call it. We, we do the donations every month, but it's for every pod. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. When you're here, your family will know because I spoiled it. <laughs> That's a, such a good one. Uh, back to the Ricky. I don't know. Um, but but uh, his point about Paul's point about overpaying and uh, projecting moves is well noted. Um, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if this if if they're exactly to blame for this. I don't really know. I don't have any any idea. Um, this is from David. What can the Sixers get in return for launching Kylo Quinn into the sun? I the way at some point tonight, Matisse got called for a foul that he didn't like and was annoyed by. And uh, I liked him throwing away the headband, by the way. I don't think it looked great. Um, no. He went to the bench and was talking to Brett and then was talking to Kylo Quinn. And it was, it was Brett, Kylo Quinn, and, and Matisse, like, having a conversation about, like, strategy or something. And I was like, just make Kylo Quinn a coach. Like, he's an assistant coach now. This is who he is. He's clearly very charming and good for the locker room. He's really funny in all, the, all of their Instagram videos. Uh, I don't think anyone... I don't think he's going to play. I think Brett is uh, is not, yeah, not out on him. Is totally out. Um, yeah. But nobody's giving anything. Although I, I do wonder, Denver now is out is minus uh, Plumley for a little bit. Um, so if there Ooh. was a Malik Beasley type trade to happen, because he's similar to Bogdanovich expiring, and they might want something for him in like a second round pick or whatever the hell. Um, Maybe Oakland would be a part of that package, but I, I don't, I don't think anyone's dying for it. Did you see? It was interesting. Uh, there was a report today that the Bucks would be willing to trade Bledsoe because uh, the joyless hump coach is more comfortable with George Hill running the offense than Bledsoe. Mm. Hmm. Now he had a fucking terrible playoffs last year. For years, so he much had so. A terrible playoffs. Yeah, and so much so that his contract went from looking like excellent value to a disaster yeah. in in uh, like a matter of six weeks. So, uh, so that's that's interesting that they would be considering making a move. Would you trade for Eric Bledsoe? Would you even? Well, I don't even know. He makes about fifteen, sixteen million. So you'd have to trade. I don't think there's any, any way a Milwaukee yeah. Philly trade happens. And yeah. I don't think any of the top six seeds in the East are going to deal with each other. 
at least at least during the season. If if you were Milwaukee, what kind of player would you add? Just another like a Corver that can play in the playoffs? I, I, or I honestly like, don't know. I I don't know that yeah. I buy this this uh, this situation. I think you want a little guy that can get to the rim. I, I think Divincenzo can a little bit, but um, Bledsoe is is regular season good, but the, the whole team is regular season good. So I don't know. The team's uh, regular season like yeah, great for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure what what kind of player you're like. This is what we need. Like maybe uh, right. I mean, I don't want to say Covington. That would upset me. Uh, like a ra- a rangy wing that also has that can play on both ends and be off the ball. Like it's honestly, it might be Covington. I don't want that to happen. That'd be very upsetting. Oh man, that would be. Well, I wonder what Covington's worth. Like I, w- I wonder if the Sixers have because. Every year we, we talk about the trade market and then it's always, it seems like, except for the things that we buy, the th- everything costs a little bit less than I thought it was going to. Um, I'm curious. season usually, and this is the thing with Covington, is that he's not expiring. He's on a good deal for another year. So in season, it becomes like a, well, you're either trading him for an expiring guy, you're either trading him or he's walking. And you want to just like get rid of it and like let the problem. It's just like, all right, we got something for him, whatever it is. Um, and so I think it's a balance of who plays it well, who plays it better as, as, as from front offices. Of uh, if you have leverage, of like we have this player, we could trade him, we could not trade him, or sure we could add somebody, but we could just get somebody in the buyout market also if we're like a good team. So it's like a balancing game. And the Sixers for years since he left have been on the wrong side of the leverage game. Um, and so we'll see if who's going to get overpaid this this uh, this market. Hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't think I don't uh, think Covington's coming here. I, I kind of think he's going to Miami, and that would also bum me out. But Covington oh. and Jimmy on the same team would be pretty funny. Uh, man, there are a lot of teams he could go to that would bum me out. I know. I know. Is there a Western Conference team I could cheer for that wouldn't bother me? Pretty out on most of the West. Would you? you yeah, yeah. Utah, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be excited no. about. No, I, I look. I like. I like the Blazers and I like the Clippers. You like the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I've always like. I've ever since he was. The the longer he has been away, the more I've liked Lou Williams. I've always liked Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Um, I like individually yeah, a lot of players in the Clippers, but I don't like the Clippers. I would say. I don't like Doc Rivers. Mm. I don't hate the Clippers. Like I hate the Lakers currently, but I don't hate the Clippers. Um, I'm trying to think of the rest of the playoff teams. Houston? I don't care. <laughs> he would be perfect. Yeah. That's where he can't, you know. Yeah. He would, they, they could use him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be a great four there. Mm-hmm. You know? Man, can you imagine a lineup of anybody but Westbrook, Harden, PJ Tucker, Covington, Capella? Who's the other guy? Oh, Eric Gordon. That's a pretty tough lineup, man. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Yeah, you know the, the the West is pretty underwhelming. I would say after the top six teams, I think that, and then I think Memphis. There will be, I think there will be a, a some sizable moves of like maybe not you know Brad Beal is not going to get traded and like not like Chris Paul level elite guys, but I think I think many I think starters will be traded. Because yeah, there is such think? a separation between the top six 
and let's include Oklahoma City because I think they're good, and I'm rooting for them to be good, so that pick becomes a possibility. Um, the Sixers get it if it's outside the top 20. Uh, Presti's no moron. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think those teams are – there's such a separation between those seven teams in the West and six teams in the East um, from the rest of it that I think people will be selling off parts left and right in the next in the coming weeks. And so we'll see how it works out. Hmm. That's why I think I think Miami hmm. is going to is going to look pretty good because they have they have expiring contracts to trade. Yeah, they're going to get somebody. Yeah. They're going to get somebody. It'll be interesting to see what they trade because I don't think they can really trade Dragic. I think they need Dragic, hmm. and that's a that's a meaningful salary. I think I think it's going to be Justice Winslow as like a hey, this guy is expiring, and also I think he's expiring, and is also like maybe good. good? Yeah, did you see him as that? Like it's. As you could convince yourself into being like, okay, I'll take that and like, you know, a 2023 pick swap or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're Minnesota, they're going to be interesting. They're, they, cause, you know, because they've been such a disaster for so long. But I would, you know, with Sachin Gupta there and Gerson Rosas, I'm curious to see what the next few years look like there. Um, yeah. they, they, they feel like they are on the, on the precipice of like a bunch of major trades now that they're they're not good. There's, there's no reason why Carl Towns shouldn't be in the playoffs every year. You should right. find a way to yeah. make that happen. Well, he he needs to find a way to make sure. that happen For too sure. by like playing defense and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we will talk to the the Sixers are off until Saturday. Lakers when they pl- they play the Lakers Which at will, home. Uh, you know, throw a wrench into my relationship. Let's see how that lasts. Uh, yeah. Well, it'll be a big Ben game. That's, it's always um, fun to see Ben and LeBron play each other. Yeah. But it feels like Ben's yeah, been throwing you know. a LeBron uh, opposite post uh, corner, post up to the corner, uh, pass a lot, of, like really well lately. And it feels. Young King. Sure. Young King. Sure, sure. Yeah. Did you see Jalen uh, Brown dunk on LeBron yeah. uh, the other night? Yeah. Holy shit, man. I like Jalen. That Brown. was. And I really liked his interview yeah. with Woj. I really like him a lot. I wish he was. Oh, I didn't listen to it, but I like Jalen Brown. I like. There's too many. I, I like. Well, I guess there's only two Celtics that I like. I like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I would kill for either one of those guys. Mm. On the Sixers, Marcus Smart becoming a sudden like volume shooter from three is so deeply upsetting to me on so many levels. Hmm. He, yeah. he should only shoot 27 percent from three. He should be forced yes. by law. Every every one of his three is just like all right. This is going to be one of the twenty seven percent he makes, and this, and then no more. Yeah, and he should shoot twenty seven percent, but still think that he's a forty percent exactly. Three point he shooter. shouldn't That's, be rewarded that, with yes. you know eleven of fourteen or whatever he was the other night. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. All right, so we will talk to you Sunday after the Laker game um, and part two of the. Um, ben Simmons Hedge Fest from Sixers Adam. And, and I'm just kidding. They work very hard on it. I love both guys. Um, so we have writers. We have a whole website. Wow. I love it. Uh, comes out on Thursday. So uh, look for that. First part is in, well, they'll both be on the front of the website. The first part is in, if not, pick will convey as two second rounders. And the second part will be in normal column. Wow, way to spread the love. Yeah, yeah. Two-parter, two-parter. One for each sponsor. Hey, Kinetic. Hey, Adam Kasabi, Process Realtor. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. One, two, three, four. You don't fuck with me? Yeah, and I won't fuck with you. Yeah, you won't fuck with me? 
Yeah, and I won't fuck with you. It's like Rage Against the Machine. But then the next part's like, but if you fuck with me, yeah, I'm gonna fuck you up. Yeah. We will write y'all, we, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we was right y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, we will write y'all, we will write, even when it went wrong, we will write, we will write y'all, we will write, so say the name, say the name, say the name. Forever.